0: Ora. I'm Anne O'Brien, Director of the Auckland Writers Festival, and you're listening to a 2016 festival podcast proudly powered by Spark. The cultural phenomenon Ai Weiwei has called Xi Yu Ji Yuan the most important Chinese intellectual of his generation. Journalist, editor, and co founder of One Way Street Library, a bookshop and literary meeting place in Beijing, his book Paper Sky is a collection of his journalism written over the last seven years. It's an eye-opener into the rapidly evolving social, cultural and economic landscape of China, and he speaks with Jeremy Rose about this and more, in a session supported by the Asia New Zealand Foundation. We hope you enjoy listening to it. So this, um, where to start on such a big topic, but I was thinking the very first time I heard a conversation about China, I think I was probably six years old, and a New Zealander had just returned from China, which was very uncommon at the time, and my mother asked, were there any flies? (laughs) And at the time, that was quite a common question. There was this idea that China, under Chairman Mao, had got rid of every fly in the country. And at the time, there was very little contact, but there was this kind of pilgrimages by people on the left, and Three of them actually ended up in Parliament as MPs. Tim Grosser, who became a Cabinet Minister for the National Party, Stephen Franks, uh, Sue Bradford for the Greens, and one became Mayor of Invercargill, Tim Shadbolt. And when Tim came back, he was asked about the trip, and he said, it's no worker's paradise. They said, how do you know? And Tim Shadbolt was a man who laid concrete for a living. He said they haven't invented the wheelbarrow yet. There's no worker's paradise where you have to carry concrete on your shoulders, (coughs) which I always thought was quite an interesting thing. So at that time, obviously, that was during the Cultural Revolution. The Cultural Revolution started 50 years ago tomorrow. And there's no one I can think of who would be better to talk about the legacy of the Cultural Revolution than our guest today. as a former editor-in-chief of Bloomberg, writes for the Financial Times, uh, has written a great book, Paper Tiger, Inside the Real China. And I thought I would start by asking, how will China mark the 50th anniversary of the Cultural Revolution?
1: Yes, thanks, Jeremy. It's um, yes, too early for me now, you know. I always wake up around a noon. Actually, <laughs> so, so I'm still a bit hungover, kind of. But I'm um, so glad to be here, because you mentioned uh, in your childhood China is far away from your own country. It's a quite different uh, pandemic, actually. For me, too, New Zealand, kind of, maybe in the, you can say, at the verge of the whole world and because in the long history, China is a autonomous country, just independent from anyone. So everybody is a foreigner, just we are central, middle kingdom. So so barely maybe the country like New Zealand. But several days ago, I, I listened to an interesting sound, interesting song, very good song. It's from a New Zealand singer, Luke Thompson. He, he, he sings uh, On a Slow Boat to China. Very good interesting uh, uh, music for me, and uh, very romantic. So I'm ha- happy to be here. <laughs> and, uh, and you mentioned about the Cultural Revolution, actually. And, uh, post-cultural revolution generation. I was born in 1976, the year just uh, the revolution finished and Mao died. So China started a new era. Um, Now we talk about the 50th anniversary of the big event but actually within China, the event is, um, the anniversary is a kind of, it's a big taboo. We We can't talk about talk about, debate about openly in the media, in the public space. Because uh, if you talk more about it, you will find the whole system is totally wrong. It's a lots of flaws. So it will destroy the the legitimacy of the party, the communist party. So now, uh, actually, we can't debate it. And uh, I think most of the media have a strong censorship about this kind of topic. But everybody knows if they want to think, they know the histor- historical event, cultural revolution, has shaped a whole country's mentality uh, greatly and uh, deeply. You can see that we now still live under the shadow of the whole event. And uh, Mao's experiment, he tried to uh, impose the totalitarian lifestyle into everyday, private life into your family, trying to make your, uh, try to make the whole society become enemy of each other. This kind of shadow still shaped whole Chinese society very deeply now. So it's, I think that the whole society is still poisoned by the whole cultural evolution, by the, you can say, the, the Communist Party's experiment. Now we do I don't know, I have no idea how many times do we still need to overcome it, but now we still can't t- openly talk about it. So so that means the therapy not started yet. Even I can give you small uh, maybe background. In the nineteen nineties, then in the nineteen eighties, Chinese society's atmosphere was quite different from now. At that time it was much more open than now. You mean from the political level to the social life. At that time, also, is an era of trying to expose more about the dark side of cultural revolution. And that generation, and the tired of the whole mouse experiment. But from the 1990s, the trend was reversed. It's, now you can see China is kind of a new totalitarian nostalgia it's similar, like maybe Russia in today, or in because now people facing lots of uncertainty, they reimagine that maybe Mao era is more certain, more equal. Uh, people, the official, not so corrupted. It's like maybe the left for the the Western left in the 1960s, 70s reimagined the Mao China is a very fantastic world. It's quite different, from the capitalistic road. So now, I think today China is quite a bit complicated, but for most the, the, the things, it's still about the, the taboo. We can't talk about it, yeah.
0: Let's talk a bit about the Communist Party. The, I, I spent a little bit of time in China just before Tiananmen Square, and the very first person I met in China was a street cleaner with cerebral palsy, actually. And he came up to me, and he he started speaking English. It took me a moment to realise what he was saying. When he found out where I was from, he asked about the Treaty of Waitangi, the founding document of New Zealand. I was amazed. I said, how, how do you know about that? He said, well, the only paper we're allowed to read in English is the New Zealand people's voice. <laughs> and, and so he knew, he knew everything about New Zealand. It was extraordinary. But I then asked him, completely naively, I said, are you a member of the Communist Party? And he just burst into laughter. The idea that he, a street-cleaning spastic, would be invited to join this party. And from here, I thought, well, the Communist Party of New Zealand would love to have him as a member. They would put him up on a pedestal and say he was a great example. So I believe the Communist Party now, despite us thinking of China as a highly capitalistic society, has 80 million members. What is the Communist Party? of China?
1: <laughs> I, I guess it's a, it's a, a big and a hard to answer question. I think from the Karl Marx era, every generation tried to figure out what's the Communist Party, and no answer yet. <laughs> <laughs> and and, if, and if, uh, in China, I mean, majorly, uh, it means kind of ideology control. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's Karl Marx meaning or meaning uh, or learning meaning. It's most meaning about how to control the thought, how to make use the kind of uh, even nobody believes, but you can't oppose it. It means if you oppose it, the whole system can't work anymore. So now, now you, maybe from the facade, you, you, from the facade, from the face of China, you can see the lots of contradiction, maybe lots of slogan, official slogans, also still come from the Karl Marx, from the Mao, from the Lenin. And it, the other side of the, the facade is kind of super consumerism. They, we buy everything, anything from the whole world. From so, but the core of the whole thing is that the state must control everything. It's a true ideology. The power controls the true ideology, but the ideology has the kind of—you uh, can say—the will. The will is communist, uh, communist, com- communist party, or the communist uh, ideology. So it's—it works together. Yeah. So nobody truly cares cares about what's the what does it mean. It means keep the status quo. Don't try to disturb it. Try to overthrow it. So. It it means that.
0: Naomi Klein described it as market Stalinism. So that you you keep the state in place but you allow the market or in fact you probably privilege certain aspects of the market. Like in the past I know a lot of the elite in China were the children of the Communist Party officials. Is that still the case that the business elite is very closely tied to the party?
1: You can say so because people need slogan. You need a very S- simple concept to understand the uh, complex things. Maybe the uh, lenin's uh, market uh, kind of, they, they create different, this kind of concept. Um, I think maybe it's not just the 20th century China's uh, image. In a long history, we always kind of similar things, even in 19th century or 18th century, people uh, talking about, when they talk about when the, the literature figure or the officers think about, write something, they use lots of Confucian clas- classics. But in reality, when they are doing politics or daily life things, they never use it actually. A double life, double mentality, double meaning, always works. The Communist Party, or Marxism, is a con- just a new phenomenon, but under the current, still lots of tradition continuing. yeah. Let's
0: talk about some of the resistance to that totalitarian, suffocating reality. And you've started, you started—you started many years ago, I think. You, these bookshops. Tell—tell tell me about your bookshop.
1: I think it's much more like a Luke Thompson's mood, wow. <laughs> because I, uh, you know, I was—I uh, grew up uh, in the uh, and That at that time in. in in Beijing, maybe everybody like me, maybe a bit sentimental, or try to leave, escape from your own homeland. Your dream is to, like Ernest Hemingway, live in Paris, or this kind of guy. So you know, in Paris, there's kind of Shakespeare Company. They influence many generations artists, writers, and also have been to the city lights of the San Francisco, very interesting uh, bookstore. They related with the generation with Jack Kerouac, with Allen Ginsberg. So I think why not create our own icon, cultural icon. So some of our friends and I, we, we, we donate some money and run a small bookshop. Sh- book now we, we try to be a kind of city life for Beijing or Shakespeare in Beijing. Now it it's really works actually now we have several books uh, three books uh, doors in, in Beijing also try to open new one in Hangzhou and Shanghai
0: and you have talks at these bookstores and debates many
1: we have we have many maybe i think every year we have more than maybe 300 salons, talk, book talk in our books, also the classic music, all kinds of. It become kind of a cultural icon for for Beijing now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are there topics that you would like to discuss but can't discuss? You, you can
1: see the the mood the the, the mood change uh, dramatically. Maybe three or four years ago, we can still talk a lot lots of lots of about things about the history, about maybe kind of politics, like public events, public issues, but during the, past two or three years we just focus on about literature, arts and architecture. It's kind of new kind of new lifestyle, not about the I mean the current affairs, not the political thought. We can't touch because it's it's quite still quite dangerous. For so us. how
0: do you find out that you can't talk about something?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's like dating a girl dating a lady <laughs> you know when when could you kiss her or touch her You, you must feel the mood <laughs> and, uh, and 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 you must practice a lot to learn <laughs> uh, so for us I know because we we grow up I think it's difficult for foreigner or outside to to think about your sole control in in your country. You grow up from, from kids in your primary school and uh, become high school student. You know, always many teachers, your parents, your friends told me, don't touch this, don't touch that. Don't try to oppose the higher officers or teacher or authorities. So you, you, you try to learn the lie. Even you try to learn the lie, maybe you can't cross, but you sometimes still cross the line. And then you got punished, so I think it's very difficult. even now I can say, I can say something very harsh or very uh, strictly to the straightforward to the to the to the authority. I think I'm fine, but but, but, but but maybe next time I'm wrong. so you, you don't know. so I think I'm, one of my friends he is a very interesting. Uh, Chinese, Chinese expert uh, from the United States, uh, Perry Link. Uh, I think you must have heard, heard him. He, he, he made a very interesting metaphor about the, the things, the, the censorship. But maybe you mentioned the cultural revolution in the Mao era. At that time, the whole society is totally controlled. You even can't say something wrong in your dream because <laughs> your brother or your family or your neighborhood will. Talk it to the officers, and you will get in jail just because you see something wrong in your dream. You know, it's terrible. It's nightmare. Now, nightmare not so severe. it get loosened and uh, more relaxed. But Perlink make an interesting metaphor. It's, it's, it means a sense shape like like a, like a, a the big snake under the chandelier. The Shang-Lier. No, Shan here. <laughs> uh, snake. You can see the shadow of the big snake on the shadow. It's still, shadow here. But maybe he never moved. But if she wants to move, she can eat you anytime. So, so you under you, the very tension. You're you, very nervous about the shadow. So I think today we live in this kind of shadow now. How, yeah
0: how nervous do you have to be of that shadow when you 're in auckland new Zealand?
1: still a bit I, i'm honestly still a bit because uh, i 'm just not just an uh, independent writer, maybe they can publish myself maybe but uh, i 'm also run a small company and uh, so sometimes i 'm still nervous about if my talk my Words will give some troubles to my organization. It's, it's my friends, my colleagues. So sometimes still, yeah, I feel.
0: And you write for outside audiences. And you write articles which couldn't be published in China for audiences outside of China. Do you ever get feedback from the officials, saying you went too far, or is it just the snake?
1: Uh, not clear, not clear, but lots of rumours about it, so you, the rumours kind of shadow too. Uh, so, yeah, some some very not clear instruction and uh, through some friends, some colleagues to give me, to shut up on something old, but never be very clear, yeah.
0: Your friend Ai Weiwei, who people will have heard of, and who called you the most important intellectual of your generation, so he's obviously a great admirer of yours as well, but he seemed to have got away, he seems to have pushed the limits as far as somebody could. Was that because of his international celebrity that he could get away with so much? I mean, he did end up going to prison for a period, but what's his position?
1: Yeah, are we... Uh, Mr. Ai is a very interesting case, and uh, he's so exceptional, and nobody can be like him, you know. Uh, he's a very tough guy, strong character, and uh, when he grew up in in the Cultural illusion, he faced lots of pressure, and uh, he always feel he's very marginal before he he became a superstar. And uh, he's a tough guy, and then he also, in you know, a special position in the whole society. He both get attraction and uh, uh, praise from the internet, international society. It's it's seldom Chinese artist and the writer can get similar attention from international society. And both he's wildly popular within Chinese society. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of rock star character actually. He you know how to seek people's attention, how to play with them, how to use the new tools like internet, like blogger, Twitter, to, 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 to be friends with lots of people. And he also have, you can say that kind of personal connection with, the, uh, with the, maybe the higher authority because his father is a well-known poet in China, maybe one of the most famous poets in China like Chinese Walter Whitman. so it's, you can see some strong connection with the uh, different uh, part of the, the of society
0: and a hero of the Communist Party, I think his father too
1: to, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, but uh, also a victim of the communist Party movement too <laughs> yeah, and I think he, he 's a very complicated figure and uh, but the foremost thing is that he 's truly brave man and uh, his generation much braver than my generation because maybe their childhood and the youth were too tough, no choices. Maybe for the generation, the generation after the Cultural Revolution, we experience more material things, more comfortable life. We maybe we have less courage than them be afraid to lose our comfortable life, even for myself. Yeah, yeah.
0: The another big change that happens in China maybe after you're born but is the one-child policy and we've just seen that reversed. What's the ongoing impact of the one-child policy? You know the people that support it say it prevented a massive explosion of population and was vitally important. Obviously, to enforce it, some horrible crimes were committed. But what's your take on on the one-child policy?
1: Yeah, I'm the first year of. One China policy uh, experiment. Yeah, ah. I'm the only child in my f- family. Actually,
0: a, a so-called little emperor. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> and I don't like the emperor. <laughs> and yeah, but uh, I think it's uh, when the policy uh, uh, tested. I think it's also the, the continuation of the the control system. They try to control everything, control okay, oh, also control family. Actually, so. I think in the first, firstly, people accept it, and I think it's a good policy. But the dark side become bigger and bigger now. Uh, even from the uh, not just the economic growth now, right. we have the fewer fewer labors. I think most important side, more, more important side is about the social psychology. A generation people, they are only a single child in the family. They are firstly very self-centered and also very weak because when, when we grow up we don't have brothers, brothers and sisters to, to fight with each other, to quarrel with each other, to deal with other people. We don't have this kind of... we, we, it, we Generally we are very self-centered and uh, narcissistic, narcissistic and uh, also very not t- tough enough facing the challenge because your parents always try to give what they have. So, I mean, the whole society become, a, maybe you can say much more narrow-minded sometimes and uh, sometimes very ruthless. So, they become a new psychological challenge now for, for Chinese, Chinese society, yeah.
0: Now, again, we hear these challenges to, to the system, coming from the provinces. A, a few years ago, I think it was Wu Khan was in the news a lot, a village that, which was trying to democratize. Hey, yeah. What happened in that village, and, and is that where you think the challenge will come from, or is it from urban centers? I,
1: I think um, your case remind me of a, a famous um, foreign uh, priest in China in 19th century, mid-19th century, Thomas Meadow murders, remember, maybe um, a British uh, missionary in Shanghai in 19th century. He, he wrote a f- famous phrase about Chinese history. He said, in the long history of China, there are lots of routes, the uprising of routes. but there will now be revolution. It means maybe lots of people try to oppose uh, the government but they tr- never try to change the system provide a new concept new mentality of the whole system i think Singh uh, is a small guangdong village quite not far from from the guangzhou and i think it happened it's many there lots of corruption in the village and the people are very uh, angry about it. It's happened in all the, all kinds of villages. Many many villages have similar things, but that village has a tradition. It's kind of the people there. They, they all have kind of strong character. You know, the first generation the Communist Party leader came from there, <laughs> too. <laughs> strong character. Then also because they are quite near from Hong Kong, Hong Kong can give new information and kind of support. The kind of things. And the, the most important thing is the timing. At the timing, the, the power is shifting. The, high, the highest power is shifting from the last generation to this generation. So when the power is shifting, sometimes the chances have to give some free freedom to express themselves. Because nobody in control now, in charge now. You, you said you should control, you should be in charge. So now, when, it, when nobody try to try to uh, try to control it, so it's, it's expressed themselves. Now, at that time, several years ago, it gives some illusion, some hope to many Chinese intellectual, even Hong Kong people. They said, in a small village, in Chinese village, they can vote for their leaders. But we Hong Kong, we can't vote. <laughs> we are so prosperous. We, so it's, a, but now it's become a, a disillusion, total disillusion. Five figures. Young young men, they are leaders of the the whole things. They try to overthrow the the last leaders of the village. The five young men now two are in jail, one exiled into New York. I met him in New York actually, interesting. And uh, the leader uh, become very the, the 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 boss, the new that become very isolated. So and the Wukan people, the village people, are very uh, uh, pessimistic about future. They, th- they also think they're cheated by the new leaders. So it's like a mini-revolution happened. It's from the illusion to disillusion just within f- three or five years. It also means the high authority now control everything. They don't have the free space to express something. Some so yeah, in the long run, I guess, because the state power is too powerful and the, the civil society is too weak, they are not truly counterparts. So I think even in the coming future, something happened now. Lots of angry around the world, around the country, but there no, will be serious challenges for the state power, yeah.
0: How many political prisoners are there? Because when you think of the Soviet Union, they were usually, A handful of names that everyone knew and high profile in campaigns. And I don't know whether it's just me, but it feels that in China that we don't hear about the dissidents, the ones who get imprisoned or possibly even executed. I don't know. What is the situation with this? Yeah, if
1: you're comparing Soviet Union in 1970s, 80s to the China's quite different is that we are also an economic superpower. It's quite different from the Soviet Union. in the global stage, China can give you money, can buy your company, buy your house. There are lots of interest, I think, especially in New Zealand, everybody knows the <laughs> new story happened here, China impact, impact. So in the global stage, people don't want to talk about human rights and about the distance. It's a, it's a nasty side of the economic miracle. Uh, within Chinese society, are too much distractions, you know. For the young man, you can buy new iPad, iPad, iPhone. You can wear all kinds of jeans, and you have Starbucks, and you have all kinds of entertainment. So just focus your personal entertainment and the interest for these guys. They even protest for their public rights. They even, Kind of voice, but the common people, general people, try to escape from there. When, you're facing, when you are facing the distant or kind of lawyer, this human rights lawyer, it's also kind of feeling guilty. This sacrifice for for the justice, for the public progress, but you are not. So don't talk about it. Feeling less guilty, as as is very common. People's reaction to the to, to to this kind of things. So even give a, a small joke about it. You know, five, six years six years ago, Liu Xiaobo got Nobel Prize for peace. And uh, my friend, one well, of my friends, so happy about the news from news. He tried to talk talk to the taxi driver. You know, in Myanmar, if Aung San Suu Kyi Price. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Everybody, even they can't say it, but so happy about. But in Beijing, even in Beijing, very few people know the news. And my friend try to try to per- persuade the taxi driver. So you know, how big is the bonus of the Nobel Prize? You can buy a house in a town. <laughs> 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 so he tried to persuade how important the price is. Yeah, Yeah, so, so you know, situation the um, the. I think the whole society become too consumeristic and uh, very fragmental, uh, lack of, kind of truly public leading voice. So people know how, people, everybody feels very weak. Even they have kind of very concrete angry or complaints to the government, but they don't know how to express it. And also the fear. I mentioned the 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 the, the big snake snake chandelier, the fear into everybody, and you know, the fear about not just the, about into prison, also about lose everything you have, because now Chinese people are not as poor as 30 years ago. You went to China 30 years ago, still very poor. Now people have house, have everything. They're very feared fearful about anything. They maybe they lose. So they must control themselves too, yeah.
0: One of the things that seems to spark resistance is, is corruption. So Tiananmen Square, a lot of the protest there was about corruption. Wuhan, it is about corruption. You're in the midst in China at the moment of an anti-corruption drive. Is that a way of trying to placate the community or is there something else behind the so-called anti-corruption drive?
1: Yeah, it's because in, in, in Chinese history, in the Chinese tradition, the moral view, the moral just not, not the Western concept of moral from your personal personal calling with the God, not, not this kind of moral. a moral much more like a collective moral. You, you have social pressure, you must do rising from the family to society. So it's less individualistic things in Chinese history, always kind of moral view towards history. In the history, in long history, maybe why the dynasty fall, fell because the, the bad emperor did lots of wrong things. People never talk about this because the economic crisis, because of the inefficiency of the bureaucratic system because of less of uh, uh, NGO or less of civil society. People never talk about this concept. They talk about that it's a, you did the best thing, the emperor did the best thing, the high officer did the best thing, it's all corrupted. So it's a very simple and the single view towards history. So now when we talk about corruption or anti-corruption, we all also follow, them, follow the, the tradition of them. I think the, the biggest challenge for Chinese society now or during the past uh, century. It's because we can't build a truly modern society. The modern society means you have the liberal democracy in the political sense, and you have the market economy, you have strong civil society, you have independent judicial system, you have the uh, uh, freedom of expression. These pillars is the true foundation of a healthy society. But people seldom talk about it. They just talk, still try to talk about the bad emperor, a good emperor. Uh, it's the biggest challenge. And uh, also now, the, maybe the authority try to, yeah, they try to please the people when they do this kind of things. But they never try to enlighten people. How the modern society run? It's not just by uh, maybe some campaign by anti-corrupt. It means you should build your build your independent legal system, but they never do it. Maybe in a short time, people will be, feel pleased because they are facing lots of inequality of the society, and the officers are very arrogant. Now, these arrogant officers are also in jail. I feel so happy about it. It also happened in the Cultural Revolution. You mean, even your chairman of Liu Shaoqi, the deputy of Chairman Mao, he can be in prison. It's kind of revenge. I mean, this kind of campaign just encourage your revenge mentality. It's not good for long-term of society. So, and yeah, I'm quite suspicious of this, this way. If you can't give society freedom of expression, can't, can't give them empower to organize themselves, how to run a society? You can't get every order from the high authority. Even you are so efficient, even you are you a genius, you can't run A2 because the whole system is too complicated. Yeah.
0: I mentioned before that in the past the New Zealand left had a close relationship with China. Now it's the conservative elite which has a very close relationship with China. We have a former prime minister who's on the board of a Chinese bank, former finance ministers on boards of Chinese banks uh, and so on. High profile conservative politicians seem to be offered these jobs on the banks. The banks, I believe, are basically controlled by the Communist Party. As someone in China, how do you feel about the actions of these banks in other countries? I mean, are you nervous about them? Do you think it's a great thing that they're integrating with the world economy? What, what's the situation?
1: Why? Well, it's my first time to know the news. <laughs> You're <laughs> in my board. <laughs> because actually, we we don't uh, care too much about uh, uh, the big national corporation like the bank or uh, even because because we feel we, we 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 have no say about whole thing happened. We can't protest. We can't dis- debate it. So we. Try to escape it. We never, we don't quite care about it. But I understand your 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 meaning because the business and the politics, the connection between them are very strong around the world. Maybe China is especially strong because the power lack of check of balance. And for me, during the past uh, 26 years, or I maybe mean, 20, almost 30 years. China integrates whole world very quickly, but mostly from the business and the economic uh, term. Um, but I say it will but from the Western side, from outside, the voice about moral, about human rights become weaker and weaker. Than before, uh, I, I, I found that most Western leaders and also business leaders just try to take a watch from the China econ- economic growth. They uh, they kept blend for the dark side of the rest of China. Maybe it's, they think this re- irrelevant with my life, but no man is an island. Everybody connect with each other. It's a super country, big country, super power. It's one, um, one, uh, how say, 20% of the whole world population. If they are facing this dark side challenge, they will also influence you too. It's step by step. It happened. So how to raise the voice to say something, to be checking balance power? it's not just about our life, it's about your own life. So I think it's uh, now, I think after the heydays of the globalization, they come growth, Now we must facing the other side of the whole things. And China is not, a, an, not a, another planet like 40 years ago, like you mentioned. Now we are, I think the whole world become a, small village now, and uh, I hope now we can, we can facing the challenge now, the dark side now, yeah, yeah.
0: You mentioned that as an ordinary Chinese person, you have no control whatsoever over these corporations. In New Zealand, we have a company called Fisher & Paykel that makes washing machines and that kind of thing. It was bought out by a Chinese company, Haia. They They bought it recently. And the interesting thing to me about hire is when you look at it try and find out anything about the company, it is owned by its workers, at least on paper. So the workers own the company. Is that a form of democracy which is developing in China? Do the workers of these companies, Huawei is another one, the phone manufacturer which is supposedly owned by its staff, do they really have any say, do they own the companies?
1: even 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 in the mao ero china says they are countries of workers and the peasants but the workers and peasants never run the country <laughs> her too it's just the concept Zhang rimi is the boss He's the true boss not the the workers so and i also don't believe that the really workers can run the company too but uh, just because Maybe in uh, in a healthy society, in a normal society, the business power, they have lots of check and balance. They have union, they have uh, uh, press, they have different things to check and balance with the business power. But in China, it's very difficult because the independent was too few. And if you become a business um, big corporation, and mostly it is related with the government and uh, so you can become a kind of a stop force. Yeah, yeah.
0: Your book is a fascinating read and but if there's one thing that it does strike me is, is there's a tone of pessimism, I suppose. Is there anything at the moment which gives you a sense of hope of hope. the possibility of change?
1: I'm I'm always hopeful actually. Yeah, I think the history history can give us some hope, you know. Even I talk a lot of challenge and the problems uh, now facing China. You still can see the, the basic progress still going on. Even I can say today's generation is lots of very consumer-oriented orient, and uh, very lack of public spirit. But I know they are much enlightened than their parents' generation. They are exposed to the whole world. Even now, they are not a strong power to change China now. But in the coming future, I mean, the whole, China, whole society become quite much more normal than before. You know, before, China is a crazy country. You know, can't imagine how crazy we are. Yeah, we're still very crazy, but less crazy than before now. You, you can see the, the progress. Even even I give a talk here, you, you know it it's, it means something also too. So uh, and also because I'm very hopeful, I'm a very optimistic, you know. Uh, so I'm I can see lots of dark side of the, our own things. And uh, you know, but you know, uh, during the past s- several now centuries, maybe two thousand years or five thousand years, you can see in the history. Chinese people always create lots of interesting, splendid things. We, now we, I talk about the legal system, let's talk about democracy. You know, it's a product of enlightened movement. You know, in enlightened movement era, in the 17th and 18th century, all the French thinkers and European thinkers are inspired by the Chinese model, actually, mm. even its wrong model, but they inspire them. And at that time, I mean, from New Zealand, too. Yeah, you, you, in 19th centuries, so you eat tea, tea and uh, porcelain, and this kind of made in China things, very good things, like Louis Vuitton for the whole world now, or I mean, <laughs> iPhone for the whole world now. So I think it, we, have, we have the tradition to, to do something interesting, and beautifully, and creative. And maybe in 20th century, full of pains, full of disaster experiments. But I think we can still do it again, do something different again. So it's I'm quite hopeful now. And
0: yes. what's the first step for you? What would you, if the government was going to do one thing to change China, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I think all the, yeah, this, this, this topic is about the cultural crisis. Yeah, I mean, even we... Actually, today I talk too much about politics, actually. I'm not a very political person, actually. But when, we, when, we, when I go abroad, people always ask me about politics. Yeah, I know, I understand, because it's too complicated for us. Yeah, for me, I think all the political issues just maybe surface, kind of surface. In a deeper, deeper down on the inside is mostly, mostly about the, the cultural things how people live, how people think, how people interact. And the, the whole society needs, society needs lots of layers, lots of different creativities, lots, lots of eccentric peoples to do things. When, we, when people remember some era or some country just because some names, actually. These names means maybe means moral power, means literature, creativity, means justice, means something. I think what I'm trying to do, use my writing, use my book talk, use my maybe small but important bookstore, use lots of uh, some publications to encourage new generation, young artists, intellectual, thinker, or just a common reader to know more about the whole world, the more, know more about our history. You know, not just, not just the Chinese young people, also a global phenomenon people try to forget about history, live in the present, live now, and uh, uh, how say, dominated by the lots of consumer and entertainment things. Now, in the whole world, we are facing, you can say, a small a dark age of, for culture, for thinking, for long-term thinking. Yeah, I think what I should do is try to encourage this kind of things. I think now, I think we consume the modern idea from the Enlightenment more than 300 years. I think all our thinking ideas come from the Voltaire generation, Rousseau generation. Now I think we are facing a new, gen- new revolution because at that time, it's the Gutenberg, it's printing, it's a new te- technology, create lots of new things about dark side, like naturalism. Now we are facing the digital revolution. It also p- imposed lots of new. T- new challenge for the whole world. I think China is the case. China also is a perspective to know the to know the whole global challenge. So what I what I try to do is push maybe my my friends, these young people, to know more about the whole world, the new challenge and the interaction. Yeah, these kind of things. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very so much.
0: Our 2016 Auckland Writers' Festival podcast series is proudly powered by Spark. You can find a range of other talks, interviews and discussions on iTunes, on SoundCloud or on our website, writersfestival.co.nz.